Hello, everybody. Welcome back to River Dinks. As always, we are your hosts. I'm Jay. I'm Allie. And I'm Bella. And Bella, can we get that famous theme song, please? God. Uh, River Dinks. River Dinks. That was really good. Thank what are you, you pointing? Sorry, Allie's pointing at something. Can we unplug this so we can bring it? Can we unplug it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm really sorry to interrupt your thing. Uh, <laughs> it was just that was a song that you're never going to hear again in your yeah, life. It would have Bella's been not gonna so be able to much better it. if I hadn't been so rudely interrupted. It would have been <laughs> the best sorry. song you'd ever heard. Mm-hmm. Um, Quite sorry. Well, moving on from that tragic loss. Um, excellent job, by the way, because I heard it. Um, this week's episode, I'll just jump right into it. Oh, this week's episode was um, season seven, episode seven, titled, oh, drop my headphone, titled Chapter 124, Dirty Dancing. It was uh, directed by Jesse Warren and written by Aaron Allen and originally aired on May 10th, 2023. And this is what happened when I open my notes. This what happened. Okay. Well, my first note says Uncle Frank die challenge. That's not real. That wasn't in the episode. But he was being a real asshole right off the bat. It should have been. It should have been. God. If only. Anyways. Um, so following the aftermath of the previous episode, Alice and Hal have kind of spread the word about Betty and Archie's sexual journey and um about them about about their striptease situation um and so everyone knows about it now and alice is really really upset and betty has been now by not by her choice has to be a dancer on the riverdale grandstand show that her father runs so she's gonna do that um veronica has been told that she has no more allowance from her parents because of her involvement with the whole betty archie thing because she gave betty the lingerie um so she has no more allowance and also she has to work at the babylonia movie theater after school mr keller finds a bodybuilding magazine in kevin's room and asks him about it and is very upset um Jughead has to sign a contract from Principal Werther's saying that he won't make horror comic books anymore or he'll be expelled from school. Um, at school, Betty gets wolf whistles or she's like shunned by everyone. Meanwhile, Archie gets applause. There's no justice. Um, Cheryl, turns out, is dance captain of the Riverdale Grandstand for some reason. Kevin is forced to join the basketball team and immediately faces homophobia from Julian immediately. Um, Veronica shows up for work at the movie theater. Turns out Clay works there too. Um, Jughead has dropped out of school because he doesn't want to stop writing comics. Uh, Julian is being gross in the locker room after basketball practice and talking about how like everyone's, everyone's got to have sex everyone's gotta have sex and he kind of coerces kevin into agreeing to go going and having sex with twyla twist who is a prostitute in this in the 50s um betty gets groped at the grandstand on live television and then she slaps the guy and gets in trouble for it 
Um, Brad Rayberry tells Jughead to write under a pseudonym, but to tell the school that he stopped writing horror comics. Um, Archie rescues Kevin from Twyla. He kind of busts in and is like, Kevin, don't do it. And it turns out Kevin was crying anyways and not able to do that. Um, But Archie kind of rescues him. Mm, Veronica (laughs) films the Nicole Kidman AMC commercial. Uh, She does a great, great parody for the Babylonium and does a commercial for them to air on live TV to try and save it because they don't have a lot of business because of the Starlight Drive-In. Is that correct? The Starlight Drive-In, which apparently for, for the gamers out there is a Fallout reference. So that's great. Um, Hiram and Hermione turns out are buying the Babylonium to turn it into a parking lot. But Veronica stops that by selling a a painting and she instead buys the Babylonium herself. I like, yeah, or we can get to it later. We'll we'll get there. (laughs) Um, Heaven comes home after seeing Twyla and his dad says that he knows what happened and that in fact it was his idea for to have kevin go have sex with this adult woman and um he in fact told julian to tell kevin about it which is crazy why are they talking first of all really good point what that's just one of many questions (laughs) um and then Ke- Cheryl is inviting everyone to the 50th episode of the Riverdale Grandstand. And then because Betty is feeling really pissed off about the injustices of the world, um, she shows her underwear on TV. And then she is banned from the Grandstand by her parents. And then now Principal Werther's is has set his conformative sights on Betty because of her uh promiscuous ways oh also i didn't have a note in there but the reason that archie goes and kind of rescues kevin is that is because he shares with betty that kevin's about to have sex with this woman and betty kind of freaks out and archie then goes and she's like you have to go stop it and then archie does that but anyways that was the episode did you guys like it yes or no also just at the end the end shot of brad rayburn oh i didn't write that down (laughs) sorry okay right at the end of the episode um brad rayberry answers the door and it's the milkman who we have heard of but not seen he's known for um killing the mugses you may know him he's super creepy the way he talks he was weird but he sure was a milkman um so that happened right at the end jay keeps leaning forward really hard and ripping the earbud out of the ear it's it's the no. Did that hurt you? Yeah. I'm really sorry. I didn't think oh there was any God. way that would actually hurt. I did it to be so funny. I'm but sitting I'm really so sorry. still and you just keep leaning forward really. It's because it. my phone is plugged in and I'm leaning to look at my phone. Right. Which has the notes for the episode. I'm, I'm sorry I yanked it. <laughs> We're fine. I'm sorry I yanked it. It's your okay. Um, did you guys like this episode? Yes or no? I'll say no. I yeah, didn't. Not really. I mean, it's fine. It's. I was on the fence, but I think I'm leaning towards liking it. Okay, real. It's fine. Let's talk about it. I really thought the whole time that Kevin was about to be hate crime and killed. 
partially because of revealed information in which we thought someone was going to be killed, which ended up not being true. But yeah, that, dear listener, that was my bad. <laughs> <laughs> I had seen a spoiler that the milkman was going to be involved, and then I saw stuff about um, Sheriff Keller being homophobic, and so I thought that Sheriff Keller was going to be killed. But then I did not specify who I thought was going to be killed. So then I think that put y'all on it. I think that did edge. influence it. But that's not your fault. That's not your fault. Um, I was, well, maybe it was good because I usually kind of don't care about Kevin very much. But I was really feeling for him because I thought he was going to get homophobically killed. Too. So I was really... I was on his side this episode for sure for other reasons as well I was also on his side just because of what was happening in the episode (laughs) he really went through it I feel like yeah 1955 Kevin hasn't really been shown to be as god-awful as a lot of the actions of regular Kevin kind of all he's got going on right now is being a victim of homophobia I mean regular Mm -hmm. Kevin was a victim of many things including including homophobia including the cult like losing a kidney he was hate crime in the sauna he was hate crime in the sauna um, well i, I felt bad for kevin, all of those things me too i'm just saying that this kevin has had i don't know i don't actually know what i'm saying huh? i i I don't feel like I have a lot to like even say about this. So, like, I don't have any organic thoughts about it. I feel like I'm really. I also kind of weirdly am feeling like I don't have a lot to say. Maybe it'll just it'll just be a short episode of the podcast well, okay. because I have some thoughts. Great, great. I think it's well, well. Okay, one thought just to jump to the end shot. Because that was kind of what I'm most thinking about. Because that's the most recent scene we saw. Seeing Rad Bravery being about to be murdered by the milkman. I think it's really interesting that they choose to show the killer's face. Yeah. That it's not going to be like, oh, it's actually Hal. Or, oh, it's actually whoever. That is very interesting. Because they could have, or they could have filmed it from like behind him and you just see the milk crate in his hand or something like that where we know, but we don't know who it is and it adds this mystery. I think it's really interesting to just show us who the killer is. That is interesting because it means that the identity of the killer is not necessarily like part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Even though, granted, we do not know who this man is. But like, yeah. it, that part is not like a mystery, which is very interesting. Yeah. I do, yeah. I don't know. I think my opinion on this episode is partially just because I wasn't super interested in the individual things going on. I also thought the camera work was weird. Me too. I really didn't like mm-hmm. the fish eye. I also, concepts. yeah. I also thought the pacing and the jumping between the different storylines was not very satisfying to me. I don't know why. I um, mm. I think that, I, I think that it was less like there was a lot more guilt. Like there were many more related plot points. It's true they were not like interconnected at all. 
I mean, Betty got involved in Kevin's thing. But right at the end, but I really not, liked that. Yeah. But then besides that, I feel like they were not influencing each other at all. It was yeah. kind of very separate storylines. Yeah. Okay, I feel like part of the criticism a couple episodes ago was that it was everything was too connected. Mm. I like that in the show. I guess and I'm, I don't. Maybe yeah, just the new, I guess. action. Just I feel like the um the sex ed episode i feel like it was all sex ed or like the last episode was all um or a a lot of it was leading up to barchi striptease um so true okay well if i don't like the main plot (laughs) yeah no no no. I also don't feel like it's too much to ask to have different plot lines going on that interconnect with each other. True. I feel like no, they're not can, at all. That, no, no, no. I don't mean like I'm not like fighting you. I just mean yeah. like I don't feel like because it's true that like when there's kind of a one track plot going on, I don't love it. But when they're too disconnected, I don't love it. I don't feel like it's unusual to want there to be a middle ground between the two. No, definitely. Um, yeah. And yeah, I guess what I'm saying is it's int- yeah, I think I think it's interesting that a few episodes ago the plot was so interconnected that it was annoying and now it's so disconnected that it's annoying. That's more what I'm saying, not that your opinions have changed, yeah, but yeah. that it's interesting that the we've had such different You know what the writers should do is go on strike <laughs> in America. That would be crazy. I don't exactly. actually know what the Riverdale writers, if they're involved in the strike at all. I haven't actually looked at it. I that. hadn't that even thought just, about that. Do you think it. that's going to impact? I've been thinking, we didn't even talk about I it was last week. I that Roberto but could just finish the show himself, literally. Like, I would actually kind of love that. But I, I mean, <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> I, I guess for the quality of the show, but I want the writers to whatever um i would love for the writer's strike to succeed the greatest loss i think of the writer's strike would be a fumbled end of riverdale that's not actually the greatest loss i i i completely if riverdale has to die in order for the writer's strike needs to be met i would allow the writer's strike needs to be met because i don't i think that is far more important that is my official statement i'm going to be very sad regardless but i'm not sad because of the people striking i'm sad because of the reasons for striking like i need like i'm not upset about the strike at all yeah (laughs) Um, what i was going to say we were talking about storylines yes i was saying that i think that i've liked the earlier episodes in this season because all everybody's talking to each other and their storylines are related i guess like or like they are all like they have different stuff going on but they all talk about it with each other and this one i guess like i guess veronica doing her own thing at the bathroom i think it was okay i guess i think i again just like i didn't love stuff with kevin so i wasn't like I think it's it's literally just that I didn't like one of the it was fine I don't know I I it was I, I think it was looks... okay it was what I thought it was like well done I guess in the sense of like gay story on tv um and it was nice that Archie was like sticking up for Kevin like I thought oh. that was the highlight of that storyline but 
I, I don't know. It's just, it's just not my. It was fine. I I wasn't moved. I don't mean to sound like an asshole. I just like I wasn't like this. I didn't. I didn't. I was just like whatever. I don't know. That's all. I Maybe just yeah, let's... can't empathize with Kevin anymore. <laughs> well, yeah. Let's talk a bit about the yeah. Kevin storyline because a lot of it is. Like the whole time dad... Allie was saying, "I hope he dies." She did not say that. <laughs> Please lying, everybody. I, I haven't seen the line. No, I'm saying. Just so, yeah, the, I guess the, for the listener, the Kevin storyline, basically his dad starts to kind of catch on that Kevin is gay, and so he makes him sign up for basketball, and he gets Julian Blossom to like kind of pressure him into going to see a sex worker. And then Kevin is really upset and can't go through with it. And then his dad is like shaming him for that. And it's very sad. But it's very sad. Um, but Archie is very supportive. And I think slowly, like throughout the episode, he starts to kind of figure out that Kevin is gay. Um, Does he? So he's not great at he did, he's, he's pretty clueless. But like well two, intentioned. Two thirds of the way in, like it's like he's, it's clearly he still doesn't really know. He knows that Kevin is not normal, but he doesn't like, quote unquote, not normal. Yeah, to the listener. I think I um, thought by the time he goes to rescue Kevin, yeah. he knows at that point. I don't know because he said he was like Betty just started flipping out. I don't know. Like he's like. Like, he seemed like he was just really kind of still confused. He's like, you're going to be yeah. scarred for life? Like, he didn't really, like... Yeah, he was saying, like, Betty said you'd be scarred for life. But it seemed like he didn't really understand why that would be the case. Which is, I mean, yeah. it's great that he's fighting for gay rights without even knowing what that is. Without even knowing. So, I think I interrupted you with Bella, but... I don't think so. Okay. I just, I do wonder... And RAS, if you're listening, and I know you are, I don't mean to pry into your personal life. I do wonder if there was a little bit of projection going on in perhaps writing a scene in which his best pal, Archie, RAS's best pal, best fictional friend, Archie, comforted him as a gay teenager. I do wonder if that was going on a little bit. And if so, more power to you. Great. I'm happy about it. I did, I was touched by how badly Archie wanted to help his best pal, Kevin, while he faced adversity. I was, I did enjoy that when he's like standing up for him in the locker room. And then even at the end when he's like, I want to, I want to break bread with you guys and talk about movie stars. I was like, oh, sweet. Great. Love that it. Was really sweet. That was all good. Really he was, I thought he yeah. was a great ally and maybe even more than that, question mark. But um, all of that I did enjoy very much, actually, like just the Archie aspect of it. Although I was I was stressed for for dear Kevin. Me too. I mostly again because I did think he was going to get killed. I mean, not that he wasn't facing adversity besides being killed, but I just like I I was really worried the whole time that they were about to learn that he'd been killed. Like I I was just scared. I mean, looking back, thinking that. I really don't think that they would do that. So I, I think I didn't was... think they would either, but I was lied to by Bella. 
Yeah, so to be fair, the way that I framed it was I saw a spoiler that they kill someone, but I I feel like I might have misunderstood it because I really don't think that they would kill this character. So Which, that like, made they me really could think kill <laughs> Sheriff Keller. They have already. Yeah, They've they decapitated died. him. But like yeah, no, I definitely yeah, set I you up. Kevin. No, they, no I, don't think so. I think he was locked. Wasn't he in the, the firstborn son? But wasn't he locked in the Babylonian? Um, you know what? I don't understand. He might that. have been a firstborn. I can't son. speak on the I think he could have been a firstborn son and killed for that reason. Well, just I think he is a firstborn son. Yeah, like no, but I, I don't remember specifically him dying during that. But I, he probably. Yeah, did I don't die. think we cared much about his survival no. at that point. No, we didn't. But I did, I was feeling for him a lot in this episode and I was thinking about it and I I think honestly why I don't give a shit as much about him in the present day, partially because of the whole custody battle plot line, that really annoyed yeah, me. they too. really ruined That him. Yeah. really annoyed me. But also I think he just is saddled with a lot of bizarre dialogue in not, and I don't mean that in a, I don't mean to besmirch the name of bizarre dialogue. But I just mean, like, like, he just, especially early on, he just said a lot of just bizarre, sh- he was like, he was like, number one character for them to give the bizarre shit lines to. And he's always talking about Endgame. And he's always talking about yeah. stuff like that. And he just annoyed me. But also, I think it's honestly mostly the custody battle thing. In the, actually, actually, there's another one. The whole plot line when he was with Moose and he was like, you have to come out to your homophobic dad. No! Like, <laughs> like yeah. that was really annoying yeah. as well. But, um, whatever. I was really feeling for him. I also thought Casey Cott was doing a good job in the performance. Like, I was, I was moved. I was feeling the pain. You know? I was getting distracted by the camera work in a lot of the close-ups with him just especially him it had like a weird angle where it was really accenting his chapped lips and i just kept focusing on his chapped lips and be like get this guy some fucking chapstick whenever they were showing just one character it was really weird looking yeah I'm going to look up Jesse Warren, who directed the episode. Why is it that you made everyone have a fish eye? Is it because you made Spartacus? I she worked on she worked on the originals, Arrow, The Flash, and Supergirl. Okay, so we don't have a strong... <laughs> we don't have a strong background. That's so mean of me to say, but it's whatever. She's like a strong CW background. Strong CW background. Um, I have to admit. Well, mine was about the writer's strike, actually. It was not related. Mine was also not related. You go ahead. Okay. I just, I was watching a video today that was talking about the writer's strike and potential ramifications and like just impacts of it. And one of the things that it was talking about what they're fighting for is bigger writers rooms because and you guys may know this i don't know i just i was just reading about it today but um one of the things they're arguing for is like that 
like studios are severely cutting down just the amount of writers that are in like writers rooms kind of at any given time and what that means is that when then later like when the shows are like actually filming in the past they would have writers be like on set because the scripts of stuff actually like get developed as they're like filming it's not just like we write it and then we film it yeah and so like one of the differences in recent years is that writers are hired for the writing section and then they're like not hired anymore at all like during the actual filming and so that ends up actually like causing a lot of problems with the filming and also costs a ton of money but anyways one of the things that the video I was watching was talking about was that like a lot of people who become showrunners have a lot of onset experience from being writers and mm -hmm. because of in the recent years people like not being kind of allowed on sets or hired during the times when they're actually filming then people become showrunners and like have no experience on set uh, that's really interesting so that's just kind of a fun fact more than anything but um just just letting you know that that's part said, of what's going on when you said bigger writers rooms i thought you meant physically the rooms no <laughs> i think, I think like it's just like really trying to cut down how many people are involved in the writing sure. which is like a mistake because like so many people who become showrunners like i was also reading about specifically like a couple weeks ago like on cw sets people who write episodes get a lot a lot of experience with the creation of shows mm -hmm. just like because mm -hmm. the way like the cw studios work and now they're like not getting that anymore so i thought that was That's interesting because that impacts riverdale so it's critical <laughs> but yeah um, anyways you were saying about the, oh, oh sorry bell's next oh, go ahead. sorry no no go ahead I was just gonna say I'm kind of glad that they're killing off the Brad Raybury character. Like, no <laughs> offense too. to him or the actor, I just felt my eyes glazing over every time he and Jughead were on screen talking. Mm -hmm. Like, I just had absolutely no interest in that plotline. I think it's a fine plotline. I don't, and I think he's doing a fine job in that role. I don't know why. I just am not interested yeah. at all. Oh, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care about his novel that we don't know a thing about. Yeah. I mean... So, yeah. All we know is that it's I, amazing. Yeah. I was just going to say, I did, I guess, like... Back to Kevin, sorry. Um, I <laughs> liked that... I guess that Kevin, like, now being... Um, like dealing with like the repression of the time and stuff like that like i mean i guess mm -hmm. he has dealt with the life that we already in the in the show in this season but like like more directly like from like his dad and like uncle frank or whatever and stuff like that and then also betty dealing with like mom and like dr Werther's. like i think this is like an episode that is furthering what i feel like i've just described as like a thesis of the season mm -hmm. is like the repression of like the time and like the stagnancy of it and then like um working against it and that sort of thing i don't know um like i guess like how this how everyone on the show like all the adults are like i mean archie set up this episode like want them to follow like the status quo i mean that's like the villain the villain's aspect of the villains in this season i don't know mm -hmm. um, 
just I think it's interesting yeah. because in the first episode of the season when he's talking to when Jughead is talking to Tabitha I feel like they tried to kind of set up thesis as being kind of this like Riverdale was filled with so much evil and and hatred we need to is it bend towards good justice. or bend bend towards justice, justice. Yeah. I think it's interesting because I think he's his task was yet yeah, to bend towards justice but also kind of so that Riverdale wouldn't become this kind of hellscape of murder and mm-hmm. and all this evil I think it's interesting that the way that they're having him do that is writing really violent comic books and writing yeah. all these things that is like I understand that it's about like McCarthyism and yeah. kind of censorship and freedom of art and everything mm-hmm. I just think it's funny that it's like this is his way of preventing violence in the future is writing really violent comic books yeah <laughs> yeah that is true it kind of seems like he's the least on task yeah. <laughs> from everyone else he that lost is... that piece of paper yeah. he was like this makes no sense that is the thing i liked the most about this episode was like the scene when betty and archie are talking to each other in like the music room or whatever and they're like and archie stands up and he goes the world is so messed up and it's like true first of all very real but but like it was the kind of like collaborative realization between the two mm-hmm. of them especially as teenagers you know you're a teenager you like can't do shit at all to change yeah. anything yeah and like not true the, you can flash the television that is camera okay i take it back you're right you can't your only direct action that you can take yeah but like i i it felt to me kind of like the cogs turning for the season of like now they're kind of talking to each other about how they are suffering injustice and that the way they're living is not good for them and it's kind of like they're moving towards some kind of action and i know like betty was like she did take action she did show her underwear but you you know what i mean like it felt more like they're like as a as a as a cast like talking to each other about what's happening and now maybe are going to do something more about it rather yeah. than us as the viewer kind of witnessing like wow there's 50s injustice happening right now to these characters mm-hmm. like they're actually talking about it and kind of acknowledging it yeah. and i did like I, that i liked that a lot because it felt like we were moving towards something else <laughs> i really yeah i liked a lot of archie stuff in this episode i liked a lot of his Plotline, but also just a lot of his like performance. I I think I'm just really KJ Appa is really shining. <laughs> I have been saying it so much, <laughs> I know, but just I really have been enjoying his performance as Archie of just being this kind of like awkward teenager who's like just doing his best, like he's just figuring it out, but he's so like I don't know. He's he's really having fun with the role. Yeah. Um, when he was dancing for the for the grandstand, <laughs> that was really funny. Yeah. I do like that Archie's getting involved in so many of the other characters, like mm-hmm. 
fights against the status quo or, or whatever, like Archie. I mean, he's being a good friend, you know? He's but he, a good friend. And he is dealing with a lot himself, like Frank and like, like, I, I mean, it, like this stuff going. with Cheryl, like, which feels like history now. Um, the stuff with Betty, stuff with like, I mean, he's really getting involved in everybody's business, which is like, great. I know he's the main character and stuff, but I think that. Like, I just feel like in the previous seasons, he was so siloed into, like, and now you are the right-hand man of Hiram Lodge. Yeah. Yeah. Like, meanwhile, Buddy's a serial killer. Like, it's, like, it was so separate from each other. Actually, I mean, he was scared of the, obviously he was scared of Blackhead, too, but that's what we Hiram. But, um, yeah, no. Like digressing. It was... Yeah, it was, it was different. I think part of, yeah, part of what I like about this episode with Archie's plotline is it starts off, like last episode, it was a lot of, oh, my Uncle Frank is being so tyrannical and like is really ruining my high school experience and whatever. And like, I have no freedom and no whatever. And he's like, seems like kind of uncomfortable around him. And then in this episode, it's like, okay, now, like, God, we didn't even talk about it. Uncle Frank was so creepy at the beginning of this episode. Oh, he was like, I, like he, he was, was talking to him about. Yeah, no, <laughs> that sorry. was so terrible. He was just I, like, I would think there was something wrong with you if you didn't want to get with that kitten or something, referring to. He said she was a, a voluptuous child. peach. Ew. Really Ew. nasty. Ew. That is really, a child. Really yeah. Horrendous. Um, Horrendous. But like he was still I think it would have been really easy for Archie to just be like well sucks to be Kevin. Like I'm, I can't get involved in that or my uncle will start being really hard on me again. Mm-hmm. Like my uncle is finally starting to let up a little bit. I can't get involved in this other situation but instead he just really does try to help kevin as much as he can um like goes out of his way to not just like oh i'm gonna stand up for him in the bat like in the locker room or oh i'm gonna whatever it's like hey kevin let's go talk one-on-one about this several times and like let's and then at the end even when it seems like things are resolved enough like he's actively trying to talk with Kevin and Clay mm-hmm. um I just found that very charming and I, I really liked that kind of move um even though yeah it's not entirely clear if he knew what was going on but, but that's regardless. also an interesting area of like yeah. he although I guess he does I was gonna say he might not know about the concept of homosexuality but he does because we know he knows about James Dean. That's he seems like true. such a regular guy. Wait, so he just really is very clueless because he does know gay people exist. I mean, he probably just doesn't have the connective tissue. Yeah, yeah. But you're right. I really did, really did appreciate that because you know you <laughs> see, you see time and time again. You watch the kissing booth. You see Joey King smile at a gay couple for one second, and then the movie is like, we did it, gay rights. 
and you're right you what it would have been very very and i don't mean to like to like give out awards where they're not due right. but i just i mean given the history of riverdale i feel like this is justified like like i it would have been very very easy for them to have like a throwaway line where archie's like hey be nice to kevin but he you're right he was he was like it was very much like part of the plot and part of the character where he was like very much trying to help and protect his friends that he thought was being mistreated who so, he's not even really that. close to like when he goes no. i also like he's like kevin you and i have been in the same grade since kindergarten i just really that like funny, that because that's how like, it works usually like, that's how it works <laughs> like, yeah we've been in the same grade every year isn't that weird yeah <laughs> he's just amazed he hasn't been held back yet he's like yeah kevin well, we did it. I feel like we haven't talked that much about Betty in this episode. I guess to be Poor fair, girl. I like all I can say is like I feel bad for her. Like I do feel bad for her. I don't know. I just she's being repressed even by the plot. I guess, yeah. I don't know. I just I don't know. I don't really have this add-on to it. I will say I loved Veronica in this episode. I actually yes. adored her. Um, Hugely. I think probably just because she was a cinephile. <laughs> um, she was great. I thought her lines were great. I thought her acting was good. So, She worked in a movie theater. Yeah. Oh. She was friends with Some... Clay for a second? Love yeah, that. Something I thought was really funny about that plot line, the Veronica plot line of her, because she makes this commercial for the Babylonium and then finds out that her parents are trying to buy it to turn it into a parking lot. I think that's a hilarious concept because they're like, I'm sure that there's more going on, but just the idea that no one's questioning, like, why these people out in Hollywood are like, we need to build a parking lot in Riverdale yeah. so bad. Although that, to me, it, like, it was a little, it made me very excited, though, because, again, that's like an echo of the previous plot. So it's interesting to me whenever yeah. elements of that creep into the story. Yeah. Like, I was like, what is their plan? And she is it a palladium mine? And she bought the thing out from under them again. But this time I yeah. liked that she, she succeeded did it. this time. She succeeded and she did it in like a not dick way. And um yes. maybe I'm just I liked it more, yeah. Oh yeah. She like buys it out from under them using their possession. <laughs> it's you know what I mean? Like it's usually them. it's really just using their money just that they don't have physical access to. It's a little different though because she kind of steals the painting from them, I guess. Yeah. And does it, like, which I liked more than her just going like, "I'm going to use the money you just gave me to buy yeah. this property from you" or whatever. Yeah, I liked her in it. I thought it was, I thought she was good. Yeah, me too. Um, she did, and I mean. I feel like we're undermining it because we saw it weeks ago because it was posted. But her Nicole Kidman AMC ad slay. It was like in the promo it was they released. Really it was like worn. It was like she did shot. the whole thing. She did the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, the shots were like it was 
not shot for shot, but it, there were a lot more shots that were supposed to be impacted. Mm-hmm. But we knew it was like coming is what I mean. So I feel like the impact is a little lessened. But it was she was amazing. It was really, really funny. It was really, really good. Years from now they're gonna be watching Riverdale and they're gonna like not know the context. You think years from now they're not gonna know about the Nicole Kidman AMC ad? Maybe. I mean what a sad world to live in. Memories look like I think they're going to keep playing that for years. Well, they already extended it. They were only going to do it for one year. So it's like been like a year. Exactly. I'm just saying. An eon. This is going to keep it alive. This episode. Mm -hmm. You're right, though, that when people watch it, when they make their think pieces about how Riverdale was actually good the whole time, they're not even going to know. They're not even going to know. Sad. Sheriff Keller sucks. I do kind of like, even though I'm kind of glad that Brad Rebury is dying, he doesn't actually deserve to die. I was just bored with his plot line. Sheriff Keller sucks and kind of does deserve to die. True. See what's oh, that was another moment is when um, Uncle Frank is talking to Archie and he's just like, oh, poor Tom. Like, it must be so hard having, like, a gay son, basically. And Archie just, like, gets up to leave. Like, he's eating at the dining room table and just, like, kind of gets up. He's like, what about your breakfast? Like, I have no, like, I have no appetite. Like, my appetite's suddenly gone. I just really liked that of, like, he could have, I don't know, even though he doesn't super explicitly say, like, I'm disgusted by you. he He is clearly very frustrated about it um, I, I did like that you're right because he could have even just on a not even on a character level just on like in terms of them conveying that in the show mm-hmm. he could have just like looked down and kind of frowned or something but he's yeah. like i'm sick like he like he hated it yeah yeah um Do you guys think- i thought it was sorry do you think you're gonna go for it? No, no. You think no chance? I think it's over. You think no I chance? Think I just it's maybe like maybe this is him discovering gay people because it's so much like you're normal, Archie. But that also the, the scene of them like, telling each other they're normal. Let's think about it. No, because the thing is, I'm not actually. I I don't. I'm not at all talking about like. Do you think this character could be gay? I just mean like. I think there is probably a 0.01 chance they go for it. Maybe Archie will look at a comic of his character Archie kissing a man and being like, whoa. And that's going to be like it. He's going to go, gee whiz, that's yeah, crazy. Like, that's it. And it will be technically canon or whatever. It's okay. I think that's comic, possible. But... Do you think they're going to mention Leopold and Loeb? Didn't they already so, plenty? They did. They've done like Leopold and Loeb Detention Center. I mean, like in the I context mean, like, the of the characters. actual people. Like, is, do you think that'll come up? Place? I thought it took. I thought it took place oh, was after the twenties. Twenties, yeah, it was a long time because Rope was based on it. Oh, they should reference Rope. They should reference Rope. 
Just watch Rope real quick. I haven't seen it. I'm just quite good. I watched it. I used to watch it a lot growing up. It's a fun one. That was just so I love it. It's only 81 minutes. The best thing I can say about it. Yeah, you should watch it. Sorry, I'm on the Leopold and Love Wikipedia page. It's kind of nasty. You should watch Rope Like tomorrow. Okay. I can't. I have to watch The Unbearable Weight of Massive Town. Alright. <laughs> I have to watch it for Eloise. She likes it. I don't want to see it. Anyways, I'll watch both. Um, Did y'all like the Orson Welles call out? Yeah, I did think that was funny, actually. Tell Uncle Orson. That was very funny. Yeah. Thoughts? I guess my, Um, my concluding thought is just like, I'm still, I'm still just feeling antsy in terms of my my waning confidence about the direction of where this is going, because they really still are in the fifties, huh? They're still there. Move on. I think they're going to be in the fifties until like, like the last episode or something. I think yeah. so too, actually. But you know what I mean? Like they're still in the fifties, and they're still like they're not scratching on the ceiling yet. They're like not. Yeah. I wish we'd be further along by now. It feels too stagnant to me. But I am I think really it's... enjoying the performances. No, because no, the thing is, again, like if it's if this were taken away completely from the rest of the show, I still would be enjoying it. I'm enjoying like the episodes, but I'm aware of the ticking clock towards the very last minutes of Riverdale in existence. And I'm scared. I think it's escalating at this point like yeah the milkman showed up all that the characters are pretty unhappy about the safety situation that they're in reggie just appeared like the cast is getting chilled out um i just that is I, true you know i think that it's you're right like i don't want them to be in the 50s for the whole last season it's probably going to happen but then again, what is left of their lives in the present? Like, true. so I feel like it's going at the right pace. Okay. Though okay. I did, I, yeah. I was in this episode and like the tr- the preview for the next episode. I'm like, maybe it just it is subtle. I feel like the escalation. But I was like, Roberto, like, can we? Can I get a different? I don't know. Like the whole a whole episode about basketball. I really can't take it. I don't want that. Although. Let's talk about the promo in a minute, though. We, we got to it, the, yeah. When we get to the predictions. Yeah. But, although one other thing I will say also, not trying to like cut it off, but like the thing with the milkman that you mentioned, like the, I've been thinking more since you said it, just about how they do just show him. Which yeah. is so yeah. interesting to me because I feel like it means that it's not that his character matters so much. It's him as like a device of like, chaos and evil in the scene yeah. and like violence i just think it's interesting i don't know r.i.p brad rayberry just kidding i hope they have like some awesome like god damn 
There like aren't any slasher movies yet though, so they can't like have. They don't know about slashers. No slasher like references. Well, they could have them for the audience, but they'd be anachronistic. If they're a like a, I don't think it would be anachronistic if it's for the audience. Well, why she made the AMC ad. That's true. That's true. I guess it would just feel like because they're like, because it's not like the AMC ad, which is obviously present day. It's like pretty naked reference to the 70s. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to be like, they're not going to say the name. I just visually, like, I guess I don't, I think I'm just being like a purist. I don't know what's going on with me today. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. <laughs> I think I'd have a blast if they, if they had some visual references to uh, slashers. Yes. Nice. Bella, did you have any other thoughts on the episode? No, I don't think so. I had some thoughts on the promo. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. I should see it. Well, what would you guys give this episode out of 10? It's hard. I'm going to give it. Five and a half out of ten homophobic slurs that can be aired on the CW. Hell yeah, they 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 really a had a lot to had a lot of ones. <laughs> yeah. Um, like I said, I was kind of on the fence about this one about whether I liked it or not. I do think I'm leaning towards liking it, but I do think that it was lacking in a lot of ways. Um. I think it felt kind of disjointed and it was hard to follow what was going on. Not in the sense of sometimes it's like, oh, there's so much happening. I can barely keep up. But this was just kind of like, yeah, you just keep jumping back and forth in a way that didn't feel like it was being held together by one plot. Um. Like, I felt like the American Grand or the Riverdale Grandstand plot line was kind of missing some meat and, um, or I don't know, stability. And yeah, I thought Cheryl was really weird in this episode. Yes, yes. She seemingly was missing all of her character development in the last few episodes which like she yeah i mean she's closeted like i think it's understandable that she's not going to be now super openly whatever in public i just mean i don't know sometimes like even they would be in private and she was still being very season one episode one where uh cheryl i agree um but yeah, I don't know. I liked the Archie stuff and I liked the Veronica stuff as much as I can like Veronica stuff. Um, didn't really care for the Betty stuff, but it didn't bother me too much. I just was, and I, I just was so bored with the Jughead plotline. Uh-huh. I'm glad it at yeah. least ended in a murder. A cool, but, yeah. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah, that's my thoughts. 
Um, I'm going to give it five bodybuilding magazines out of ten. That was my exact answer. <laughs> there's, only, there's not that many props in this one. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. Do basketball. No, 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 I got a different Okay, um, yeah, just everything you said, Belle, it really, I just, I didn't really care for it. I mean, it was okay. It wasn't a bad episode of television. I just, I didn't, I didn't like it that much. It was, it was fine. It was okay. It was whatever. Really straight down the middle. Um, I, yeah, I, yeah, that's, you have to keep talking, that's all I can say. I like the Archie stuff. It's, it's true. I did like, I thought he was good. I thought he, he was a good component of the Kevin story. Um, Yeah. But I'm typically like a big fan of what Betty's up to lately. And I'm just not, like, I just didn't really, I really didn't care about the really grandstand thing. Like, I just. You really wish you would go back to stripping for Archie. You loved that. That's not what I mean. I feel like I've been joking. I've really been a fan of Betty recently, and you hated the. It's true. It's true. (laughs) I I got you. I guess I feel like I'm like typically like really sympathetic, and I mean I was. I I feel like I typically feel more impassioned by her actions. Sure, that's what I mean. And I didn't like. I just like didn't really care about her flashing about. Like it was just like good for you. Um, I do hate this, whatever. Um, but I, I think I rated that one higher than the one that I'm rating this one, though. Doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, I liked the Veronica stuff. Didn't care for the Jughead stuff. Um, yeah. I'm going to give it 5.5 little jade green mugs to drink coffee out of while you express homophobia. That's in reference to the mug Frank is drinking out of at the end of the episode. I didn't notice. I did because I thought the mugs were really, really cute. And he was just drinking out of them and being homophobic. And I was like, not fair. Um... I, I did like the mugs. I, yeah, basically the same as what you two guys have said. Just like I liked about half of it. Still waiting for more. Just medium, medium episode. That's all. Who would your MVP be for the episode? I think I did that out of order. I'm going to say Archie. Um... For all the reasons I've said, I also want to say this isn't really a reason to really like Archie in this episode, but just an Archie Kevin scene that we didn't really talk about is when Archie reveals to Kevin that he is also a virgin, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and Kevin's just like, So, why the hell do I have to go through all of this to prove something to them? When you're like, if you're a virgin, I'm a virgin. Why am I the one who's having to do all of this? Like, this isn't mm-hmm. fair. It's like, what a world we live in. Um, yeah. I just like that. I feel like that was kind of almost the most explicit he had really gotten about it of just saying, like, this is really unfair. Yeah. Can we yes. acknowledge how this is really unfair? Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, I really liked Archie and I really liked KJ Apa's performance as Archie. Yep. Because um, again, I just thought he was having a lot of fun with it, even though, because I think a lot of the times that I've really enjoyed him in this season, I've enjoyed him because he's being so silly. Mm-hmm. And I liked this one because we were getting to see him kind of in his range as 1955 Archie of being um yeah more like serious but also still being his 1955 silly self it's just kind of it was kind of a fun acting challenge i think for him Mm -hmm. i'm gonna zoop right in and say veronica is my mvp Um, I was thinking in my head, who should I pick besides Veronica? Because that's who Allie's gonna. Whoa! <laughs> uh, yeah, I think she's. I think she's good in this episode. I liked all of her movie theater stuff. Though she did do pretty much exactly what she did in the previous season that I hated, which is the whole buying <laughs> establishment. <laughs> I think in this, in this, I think the difference is that she's showing character development in this so much more, like her whole series, like development is like part of this somehow i don't know i can't really articulate it but i but i did love that she likes movies um i like that she said she doesn't like tv because she's has bad feelings about her parents like Mm -hmm. very very like it's just clear my throat sorry um (laughs) it sounded really intentional it sounded really intentional but it wasn't i'm very sorry i'm just vocalizing clear my throat I don't know. It's very. I don't know the. Whatever. Anyway, I liked Veronica in this episode. I thought she was. I I liked her more than Betty, which like never was. Um, that's actually not true. I'm just making it up. I I liked her in this episode. I liked her in the movie theater, and I liked her dialogue, and Camilla's acting. My MVP is going to be um, Julian. Can you imagine? Just kidding. It's going to be Kevin. Um, because, can you imagine? No. Just a prank. Um, it's going to be Kevin because I never have the opportunity to give it to him. And um, I really, I, I mean, obviously, I was really, really feeling for him and the homophobia he was facing. That was really rough. But I also thought Casey Cat was doing a really good job. And Kevin, he was trying to survive, man. He was doing his best. Mm-hmm. He was really trying. He was going through it. And Chap I would like lips. to give him this award. Chapped lips. Chapped lips. No one to give him some Vaseline. So sad. So, I, I give it to him. That. They kept um, doing the fisheye oh. shots, and it would just be like really showing his really chapped lips. And it was really I, bothering me. After the first shot, would someone tell you like <laughs> it was on purpose? I don't know. I think it might just be maybe they weren't actually chapped. It was just like the makeup, but it was yeah, a weird. His lips looked weird. I I am picturing it. They put like latex to make his lips look chapped. But they like, thought it would add to his character, yeah, make, make him, you yeah. feel his pain. Uh huh. They were like, "No one's gonna fucking care about this guy unless they make his lips <laughs> yeah, so bad for him. Um, but yeah, yeah, I give it to my to my guy Kevin. Um, okay, 
prediction. Prediction. Um, I think Reggie's going to be there. I think that Reggie's going to. I don't even know what it's. I miss Reggie and Veronica's like name, like their couple. Veggie. I think Veggie's going to return, which I don't like. I'm going to be disappointed. I'm going to be sad. I'm going to be unhappy. Maybe, you know, I have to keep an open mind. What were you going to say? I think they might trick us. I think that may I think maybe the trailer the trick and it's not gonna be veggie. You think the promo I, would trick us, <laughs> the audience? You guys keep I saying think, that and it keeps being exactly what it says what, it is. Okay. What's the what about like the promo from season three episode five the great escape when they made it look like archie and joaquin were having sex let's huh? think about this you haven't seen that no okay we'll talk about later four seasons ago don't worry about it. we'll talk about it later <laughs> four seasons ago but you know what I, or it's like, i feel like they just are deceptive in the trailer but you're right that recently bella and i have been saying that and it's not been true <laughs> i just feel like a big part of this season is frequently Veronica being attracted to someone and expressing her interests, and then for once in her life, they're not interested, or they yeah, reject true. her for some reason. Yeah. So I feel like maybe she, because it did seem like from the pr- promo, I do think she's going to express her interests, but I think maybe he's going to go for, like, Cheryl or Betty. Um, yeah, to- Sad on to that. Oh wait, sorry. sorry I was just gonna say, uh, or no, mine's not really adding on to it. It's just also that. Reggie. Go ahead. I was gonna say, like, if that is the case, like Reggie rejects Veronica, it's gonna be like, how many fucking times in the rest of the show has their relationship like him being like, I can't do this anymore. Like you're so awful. <laughs> like him going back to her. So I think like oh. from the get go, if he was like, no. Um, I think it would be very interesting. That would, yeah. Mm. Instead of them just breaking up again. Yeah, or like her hurting him and just being like a second place to Archie. Yeah. We, in the promo, we only hear him say literally like one line. Reggie Mantle. I am so excited. Do you guys think? I have a real accent. Guys, I think he's doing an impression of James Dean in the movie Giant, which I watched Excellent. like last week, so I might just be projecting on but it's from 1955, I think, and is very much that voice. Like it, it and and he has very much that characteristic of being kind of in the beginning very kind of That's really funny. Like, I bet that is on purpose. Yeah. At least by the actor. Like a yeah. Wow. I'll find a clip and send it to you guys because it is pretty pretty. I, but again, it was one line, so I don't know. <laughs> when we when it was said before, when I think a couple weeks ago, just when when we were talking about how RAS had said like I'm saving Reggie for like a big entrance, I was like, come on, whatever. When we played that promo, I got really excited. <laughs> the flashing like the when they were like cuts. when they were like who is it. I'm regimental. Like, like, (laughs) I thought it was really, like, I actually am stoked to see him. I love how they're giving him kind of a different background. Yeah. 
Yeah. Even though, not that we really know much about his background in the modern day, <laughs> but like, but you know what? I, like, the making him like a farm boy, and he looks kind of shy almost. Like, yeah, that's really delicious to me, and I'm really, 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 really excited to see my my most frequent MVP, Rich. Yeah, and I think <laughs> Charles Melton has the chops. Oh, he does. Off, so. He does. He was in. <laughs> he was in a. Fuck! What was it called? Megamind. What was it called? Mainstream. <laughs> Mainstream with Andrew Garfield. I forgot for a second because it was so forgettable. Didn't we have a Todd Haynes movie <laughs> with Julian Moore? That's he's got a lot of like upcoming projects, which is also why he has not been in this season. But how old is he? I think he's 30. I guess 20. No. Bella, you want to guess? We've got Two very I close guesses. Sorry. Oh, let's well, see. let's see who's right. He is 32. Okay. Um, I think that Eddie will continue to suffer. <laughs> Next I, episode. Betty's going to get the piercings. And what I think. No. Sorry. You, why would you say what the hell? I just said the same thing as you. I said she's gonna suffer. Using nipple piercings would be fun. Imagine. People typically do it because they want to. Not because of being tortured. Sorry. It's okay. I know we just met recently, but I sometimes say things to be funny and that are not true. <laughs> um no, I, I just what I mean by that obviously is that i just think she's gonna <laughs> continue to do stuff like to be provocative and outrageous to her parents sure i think that's gonna continue but i think it has to escalate more so i do wonder what the next step is because this episode included two very big instances of it be bisexual for real she could be bisexual see that's one of them i wonder if there's gonna be a threat like if they're gonna threaten to send her to Sisters of Quiet Mercy. Mm. I wonder if they actually okay. Prediction: They will in fact send her. She will go. Yeah. And I feel like uh, maybe she and Cheryl, or maybe well, no, no. love if there was a team up. You guys are always like, I think these characters are gonna be institutionalized <laughs> or something. They're like I they're gonna get into an inescapable system where they have no autonomy. <laughs> they're, they're, they're in it already. Left in the series. Called society. Okay. Like <laughs> I think Benny is uh, gonna get sent to the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. And who does she meet there? Penny Peabody. We all knew it. I think she's absolutely in a gonna, jar. Yeah, she's <laughs> <laughs> the no, Peabody. Penny, Peabody's gonna be in like a reliquary. Reliquary? Is that how you say? I don't know what word that is. Where it's like the ashes of like a saint. I don't in know. like a. I've never heard that before in my life. <laughs> like in a like a, like there'll be like a metal like there'll be some sort of. Google <laughs> <laughs> this. She's still a like a. I'm gonna search <laughs> something so much. She can talk so. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like a it's like a sculpture like a metal metallic box of some sort that looks like a hand or a skull or some sort of part of a human body and it has like the ashes of the saints in it but i just i'm searching 
ashes of a saint she can talk metal metallic box hand or skull nope i feel like I'm gonna just, i said it way weird but ashes of a saint i got it here wait i'm tr- wait 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 Eloquary. okay i was right <laughs> that's a cool word so what is it um it's a container for relics oh <laughs> oh wait I, okay i understand the word now um <laughs> but they'll look like look like here's a reliquary oh, of a woman's head it's like a little sculpture kind of box. that holds her ashes so, and so the so that sculpture penny. would talk is the idea well i guess i know i think that i think or it would be like ashes. a disembodied voice yeah like, i would actually love if, if when betty is at <laughs> When Betty is at the Sisters of Quiet Mercy, she at one point at one point passes the reliquary room and they're like, here's the ashes of Saint Penny Peabody. Penelope. <laughs> yeah. Just that would be really funny. Can I tweet like a joke about this? Yeah. Okay. Yes. I think um, hilarious. But yeah, I think that's that's one of my predictions. I think Reggie is going to be bisexual i think um i i think brad rayberry god what do i think about him because he's getting fucking killed by the milkman right so he must be i feel like they aren't gonna introduce the weird thing about it though Mm -hmm. is introducing or having the milkman come kill him when there's no witnesses like i feel like a big part of it is like ethel was able to be like it was the milkman right and now there's seemingly not going to be anyone to say it was the milkman unless it's like a next door neighbor somehow sees but doesn't do anything um yeah but maybe maybe jughead goes to check on it yeah i wonder that's what i was thinking too jughead could show up i guess Mm mm-hmm I also, I feel like I read, I think I maybe even read it on this podcast like a week or two ago. One of the episode descriptions, which might be the next episode, was like, Jughead's working on solving the mystery of Ray Radbury. So like, there must be something to do. I guess that could be just referring to his murder. But I was Mm -hmm. thinking that must be something to do. Like, they keep talking about this damn novel. Surely there's something there, right? They're not just talking about this damn novel for no reason. Yeah, I was wondering. Yeah, I was wondering if his novel was going to be missing when Jughead mm. finds the body, and he'll be like, "Oh, the novel's missing." Um, but that would be a really weird thing for a serial killer to do. <laughs> like, just well, so I unless, kind of believe yeah. the milkman is more of a specter than a serial killer. What is the Jupiter? like a specter of the of the of the mirage of the fifties? What if the Jupiter's remotes are like? extra dimensional like place there by Tabitha or something like that or like tell the story of her, or, or somehow related to like Riverdale like curse I'm looking that at I like Martian Chronicles to see if there's anything just what it's about um, speaking of Tabitha so oh yeah sorry I was gonna say speaking of Tabitha I think maybe original or 1950s Tabitha is going to come back to school eventually like I don't think that she'll be gone the whole season 
because there's no real reason for her to be like she was going around with her family she is only filming that one hallmark movie she does not need to be gone yeah i feel like they might bring her back to get some more screen time with her i hope so did you find something about the martian it's um they just it's just the just for interest the plot of it is and it's a science fiction fix-up novel so like other short stories i guess that he like related um, published in 1950 chronicles the exploration and settlement of mars the home of indigenous martians by americans leaving a troubled earth that is eventually mm. just devastated by nuclear war that's actually that's applause that's actually really genius thank you like riverdale writers interesting that's actually very genius as an allegory anyways wow i mean that's fucking show maybe ever. they don't maybe they don't give a sh- maybe it's just coincidence how would that be a coincidence they had no, to make a think parody a name of the book yeah it's true there's no way that's i guess yeah i guess it like i maybe i'm just because i feel like i consume like science fiction that like why would they like, they could have picked any name of anybody and they did a parody name with well i guess because jacket likes science fiction and novels and it's the 1950s but i just i think i want to give I them credit like where Donna it's Sweet. due i really think this yeah yeah I'll, I'll give them credit too i guess i was just like the old nuclear war devastating earth when awesome. we have roberto well, I mean, on we can ask him yeah yes but no, I didn't mean that. I, I meant like it's like because of their them in the fifties is them escaping devastated Earth at Riverdale. That's what I mean. Okay, I, guess, okay. I feel like I'm like I guess like again I just I feel like I have like other science fiction things in my brain that I'm like this is just other like Ham and Egger story. <laughs> but um, sorry, I don't mean to be a naysayer. No, you're good. Maybe I should read the Martian Chronicles. Yeah, it sounds kind of good. <laughs> um, any other predictions? Uh, let's see. I think Heaven is going to be caught holding hands with Clay. No. I think his dad is going to be more overtly homophobic. I think maybe his mom is going to be brought in some way. Because in present-day Riverdale, his mom, at first it seems like maybe his mom has died, but then later it's revealed she's just a soldier, like an active duty soldier. I forgot about that, too. Okay. My dream Riverdale cast member is Sarah Michelle Gellar, so I hope (gasps) Sarah Michelle Gellar is Kevin's mom. I'm it in Bella, who do you think Kev- who do you wish Kevin's mom was? Well, is this a as a soldier or just as a general You think Sarah Michelle who, like casting soldier? Casting for Kevin Ke- gay Kevin's soldier mom. Should you be a soldier mm. in the 1950s? She could be. No, she couldn't. Well, she could be like a war nurse. Sure. Right? Yeah. Women were still doing things in the military. Just not fighting. 
right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. You said well, you're looking at me. A, well, because you said she could be a soldier, which is not true. Okay. What? Same tomato, tomato. Soldier, soldier, nurse, soldier. Like, oh, like Nev Campbell could be Ooh. fun. Well, she, I don't know if you've ever heard of her. Oh, I'm so, I, I'm so devastated because she won't take the screen six check. I don't think she's going to take the Riverdale check. Like she what? would do it she for might. free, I think. Yeah, right. This is a passion. She's such project. a big fan so... of this podcast. She'll do it for us. I've never been out there. I'm sorry. I'm just I understand your financial decision. Not to be exclusive. I would pick, I think, Susan Sarandon. Because I think she would bring a really interesting energy to the to the set. And also then she and Mary could date because Mary is bisexual already. I think Susan Sarandon went to high school with my grandmother. Wow. Are you for real? Pretty sure. Let me look at the I'm gonna look up. Did Susan Sarandon go to high school with Bella's grandmother? Yeah. Tell me what it's. Um. Uh, let's see what her Wikipedia page says. Oh, this Susan. She might be too old to be gay, Kevin's mom. She's she's seventy six. Yeah, she did. She's she too to, old to be gay, Kevin's mom. I wasn't she even thinking about that. Rare, she went to. She went to Edison High School, and my grandmother grew up in Edison. Wow. I don't even know what to say. Wow. In that case, I don't know who I would cast. I'll have to think about it, I guess. But until that moment, okay, here's everybody. You have to both remind me that I need to give my gay Kevin mother casting at the beginning of next episode. Okay. You need to remind me. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, but until yeah, we then, I guess. should make a list. Just we should make a list of characters that have been mentioned but not cast, and then try That's and make a, a list. And we could cast them like all. our yeah. dream cast. That's a really good idea. That's a really good idea. Damn. Yeah. Um. Well. Till next time, Allie. Can we get that baby sign off? See you later, Dinks. Ooh.